Hey, dudes, another improper uh, intro here. Don't worry if you're listening for the first time. The sound quality will be better in a minute. I am just recording this through the fucking thing right on my laptop. Um, we got comedy coming up. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, September 28th, I have a show at Pennsport Beer Boutique in South Philadelphia. Uh, after that, I have Good Hang. That is at... Uh, Moonshine, Philadelphia, that is at uh, 4 o'clock, that can't be right, it's on Thursday night, October 21st, then you want to come see me November 4th at Stickman Brewing, guess where, Philadelphia, yeah, it's going to be a good one, um, my guest this week is Casey Kuftick, we discussed the beginning of book two, pages 254 to 323 in the Orange uh, Ace Publishing edition, so yeah, check it out, we got a good one, we got some songs coming for you next week, that's gonna be fun, so uh, that's my time, check out the show, Casey Kuftick, later. We are back on the Kill Your Gods podcast, we're still talking Dune, we finished book one, book one was a lot of fun, and now we are on to book two, I keep forgetting to have my pages ready, but fuck it, I'll put it in the intro, I currently feel like a jerk off, because I just spent all day thinking the Phillies game was tonight, and starting in an hour, and it's tomorrow, my guest today, uh, <laughs> discussing book two, he is another comedian, and uh, he he found an interesting way onto the podcast, so I'm looking forward to this one, Casey Kuftick, everybody. Yo, what's up, man, how you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. I'll have you know that around our house, you have become known as uh, Casey CK because my wife got really confused which which one of your names started with a C and which one started with a K. Oh, word. Yeah. yeah. So. Casey CK. I like that, you know. Yeah. I Sounds. mean, it's, 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 it's kind of available right now. It's not like this. Yeah, right. They can yeah. take that. Gave yeah, I, uh, I thought I was going to do for a while. My middle, my middle initial is J, so I, I thought for a minute I would do a KCJK thing. What's the J? Uh, what's 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 the J for? It's just John, you know, good old good old no H John mm, J O N. Casey John Kuftick. What's your mom's maiden name? Dolly. Okay, cool, cool. I'm trying to fill out a loan. Edit that one out because that's like a security question for like half of my passwords. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, before we get started, tell us anything you're working on, you want to promote any shows, where we can find you on the interwebs. Oh man, I'm so bad at the interwebs for someone who came up in it. Uh, I just have Instagram right now, like when it comes to, if you want to find out where I'm doing shows, just, just Casey Kuftuck on Instagram, nothing flashy. Uh, I got off the Twitter last year. It was one of the best choices of my life. Uh, I do need to make a website or something. I feel like, you know, I don't think I'm like getting enough stuff right now to have a website, but I should to motivate me to put stuff on it. So uh, yeah, I got to get a site, but yeah, my, right now, my, just, just follow me on IG. Cool. Yeah. My, my wife convinced me to get, uh, get a domain last year and I haven't done anything with it. I have. Oh, really? I, I what did you no, get it for? Like, how'd you get it? What did you go? Uh, through, just like, Squarespace. Squarespace. We are sponsored, but we're not sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> yeah. No, well, straight up. Go, lead into the go, go to GeoCities. Fuck Squarespace. Is GeoCities <laughs> still a thing? Uh, maybe with my Zanga too. I maybe I can see if my Zanga is still out there and, and uploads some blog posts. Nice. So uh, yeah, Casey ended up on uh, appearing right now because he has always wanted to re- read Dune, 
Yeah. And uh, give, give me some of that. What, what, what did you heard for a while? What made you, you read the book based, not for this podcast, but this podcast was basically like, you know what? I always wanted to read this. Let me do it now. Yeah, there's a, well, there's a couple things going on. I had always heard about Doom, Dune, and I'm like, a, I've recently started, I started to read more during quarantine like everyone did. You know, I never mm-hmm. took the time for it before. Started to read a lot during quarantine. Uh, kind of got realized I like science fiction stuff. You know, I read some like Vonnegut, you know, which is sci-fi-ish. And uh, uh, Dune was one that I was like, oh, you know, it's kind of a bigger book. I don't have the attention span for anything more than like, you know, normally like 200, 250 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I should give Dune a shot at some point. And then I saw the movie was coming in, coming out in October with a good cast. And I was like, you know, I, I'd like to go into that movie with, the critical lens of I've actually read the book, which most movies I ever watch, I've never read the thing before it. So, uh, and then, yeah, you were doing the podcast and like, all right, I had just, I think I bought a copy of the book, like literally a day or two before you posted that you were looking for people to do Dune. And I was like, all right, this is a perfect timing. Nice. Yeah. The movie coming out is actually a big, well, it's a big part of the reason the timing, I knew I wanted to do Dune for a while, but it seemed like, uh, like, okay, let's do this now. That way, right. When it comes out in America, we'll be like, wrapping up but uh i do i like timothy chalamet and everything he's been in and god is he kind of i haven't seen the movie yet but just paul as this weird adult man boy thing like timothy chalamet the his his eyes are a little dreamier than i would have pictured other than that like right across the board for paul for paul yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely how old is timothy chalamet you know, he's definitely too old for the part. Then again, uh, oh, what the fuck was his name? The guy, Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin played him last time. And I think he was like 20. He, he was in his uh, late 20s, I think. Yeah. All these Hollywood people, they look like they're, you know, 15 anyways. So it, it well, works. It's because they're drinking all that adrenochrome. Uh, and baby blood, right? Isn't that the other thing they love to chug right. out there? Well, the, the, the adrenochrome is in the baby blood. Only oh, if, that's okay. Only if you torture him first, though. It doesn't doesn't work. Jesus. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like those microwavable TV dinners. You think you can just pop it in. Like, uh-uh. You need nice. to put some fork holes in there. Yeah, stir it up a little bit. <laughs> peel that peel that surface, uh, that film surface back and close it back up. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's funny. I, I mean, I also noticed that Batista's in this, and you know, yeah, the beast. I'm at the point where I'm gonna go see my boys, John Cena and, and, and Batista, whatever they're doing. Um, I, I watched the new up, Fast uh, Nine movie, uh, to see John Cena, and boy, was it not worth it! But no, no, god, I haven't watched any of those movies, although I did hear apparently, uh, every time a new one of those movies comes out, the police rejoice and they stick all their people around movie theaters because people always speed like constantly coming oh that makes a lot of sense yeah it's just surprising it it lasts so long like i remember going to see mortal kombat as a little kid and of course i was throwing spin kicks and back fists walking out of the theater but uh no it turns out no matter what age you are you can still be stupid oh absolutely it's like the same thing with like you ever like hang out of a buffalo wild wings after like a ufc pay-per-view like there's gonna be a fight or two in the parking lot. There's just there's too much, too much adrenaline going. Boys can't handle it, and they're gonna start throwing fists. They're gonna try to get it's their tryout in the in the Cherry Hill parking lot of a of a Buffalo Wild Wings. I see. Yeah, the only really great timing I had was uh, 
for my my bachelor party where me and Neil Wood went to a strip club. Neither of us are strip club guys. Me and Neil Wood went to a strip club in Atlantic City, and it was the weekend DMX died. So oh, like, no. <laughs> yeah, DMX club, DMX music, and strip anyway. clubs go together like oh, peanut man, butter and dude, I would have lost my mind. Up in here, up in up here, in here. I would have yeah. lost my mind up in up in that strip club. You would have made me go all out. <laughs> so what do you think about the book so far or have you you haven't finished it yet no yeah I'm, I'm where i'm supposed to be for this episode uh i think it's mostly pretty good like what everyone says like the world building in it is very cool there's a lot of uh uh you know i had a hard time with the names i think a lot of people do uh like the names are kind of dude i was watching football today i was watching the steelers and uh so they had a sign in like one section that was like it said Yinzermob. And when I saw the 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 title Yinzermob, I was like, that sounds like a name in Dune. Like that is 100 percent a Dune name. And <laughs> yeah, Yinzermob. Like uh, it's the you know, people in Pittsburgh love saying Yins, and so they all call themselves Yinzers. Uh, that's right. It isn't isn't Pittsburgh like Yins is like their John? Yeah, yeah, 100 percent Yins is the John. So uh yins is just kind of used throughout the city everywhere of just like a mm-hmm. uh, weird little same thing as like when you see john on just t-shirts everywhere in philly right you go to pittsburgh and it's just t-shirts that say yins and, and shit like that um uh, so yeah I'm, yins or mob i'm like this sounds like a mentat you know <laughs> <laughs> and yins or mobs water was spread across the dark <laughs> sand of Arrakis. shit all right, uh, where are you typically for as far as like sci-fi? Because here, here's the thing. Um, I wouldn't say I struggled with this, but I was trying to like keep up a deadline. It's only this one. I actually have read ahead even as far as like the next episode. So okay. I think it's like finally gotten me at this point. Like, okay, we're building, we're building, we're building. Now we're swimming. Now I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm really digging this. I thought the section that we're going to get into, I think actually kind of dipped down a little bit. And like mm. the start of, um, how are you going to say this? Muadib is that uh, any name? and all pronunciations are welcome on this. Show. All right, Muad Muadib is how it reads to me. Um, but yeah, I thought the first part of this book was yeah, it had some it sets up some interesting things. But I felt like you know we got at the end of book one, there was a lot of a lot of things coming to a head, and and a lot of the things you were kind of already being told basically were going to happen were starting to happen. And uh, so it got exciting. And then I felt like, all right, it kind of dipped down a little bit. I had a hard time getting through some of these pages. I just thought it was just, my God, we're scheming again. How are we fucking scheming again? The whole first book <laughs> was all scheming. And we're back to scheming again. So, uh, you know, it's it was like reading it like it was like an episode of like, it's always sunny. It's just a bunch of shithead gangs just trying <laughs> to figure out <laughs> how to get on top of each other. House uh, patties, all about it. <laughs> yeah, Rackus is patties, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm going to dip into the summary. So pretty much any time you have anything to say about anything, I have some questions in here too based on the subject matter. Uh, We will discuss it and just interrupt me whenever, okay? Word. All right, the epigraph for chapter one here. When her father, the Padisha Emperor, heard of Duke Leto's death, he flew into a rage she had never seen before, blamed her mother and and that he was being forced to place a Bene Gesserit on the throne. He blamed everyone, including his daughter, the princess says he wasn't upset about the death of the duke, but the implications it had for all royalty. So this is one of the confusing things already, because it seems like a lot of what's happening is happening with the permission 
of the emperor. So, oh, by the way, since he's gone now, what was your opinion of Duke Leto? Uh, I, I like the character actually. I, I kind of like the, um, uh, like I thought it was surprising that like, I didn't realize at first that um, Lady Jessica was kind of like an arranged marriage situation. There wasn't mm-hmm. even a marriage, but I found it fascinating that he was like, I need a concubine. I, you don't have to marry me because strategically it's better. But then his like, their interactions were very, very strange to me. That was like the weird part, but everything else I kind of liked about the Duke, Duke Leto. Mm-hmm. I, I, thought, think, I, like, I think it felt like kind of rich aristocracy husband and wife. I mean, like, you know, I'm pissed off at you. So I'm going to wear a dress you like and make yeah. eyes at you. That's yeah. That, that sounds I like totally, something that sounds like something Ivanka Trump does. Yeah, 100. But I think he's a better father than Trump. So, which I mean, that's not going to take a whole lot. But <laughs> I did, I did like his, the interactions with him and Paul, like the father son stuff. I thought was pretty good. Um, you know, but I and I also I, I like I love stories where you can just see someone just losing it, and so I kind of just liked going through that 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 process of watching this guy go like, oh, I've got this great plan to show up on Arrakis. And then like almost immediately he's like, ah, I'm fucked. And yeah. so, was, yeah. you know, him going through all that was, uh, was interesting. I, I, I honestly was surprised that he died this, this quickly. I was expecting it to happen later in the book. So mm-hmm. uh, when, when it actually came time and they, you know, when he was kidnapped and we handed him over, I was like kind of shocked that it was already happening. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd get out. I figured he was going to die. They kind of tell you in the like, Oh yeah, they tell you long before he dies. Like, yeah, you know it's going to happen, but it's a matter of when. And I just, I still thought it was going to happen later. Yeah, it's a little bit of the standard hero's journey format of like, you know, they have somebody who's leading them into adventure, who's like a little bit of their protector while they're learning, and then that person needs to die to, you know, put the proper, put the proper pressure on this guy to make him right. space, space Jesus, basically. Right. That's. A, I was really happy when I was reading. Mufasa it. has fallen off the cliff. Yep. <laughs> yep. I was gonna say, yeah, Mufasa has fallen off the cliff, and now Simba's out hanging out with his mom in the desert. You know. Yeah. Say, there's no reason to be bummed out, Paul. You just gotta <laughs> Hakuna Gom Jabber. It means no worries, <laughs> lest I put this fucking needle in your neck. Just smoke some of this spice in the desert, man. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I was happy to find out that in uh, the series of books, there are prequels where they really get into the life of Duke Leto. I might. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to commit so much to go because there's like 30 fucking books in this series, but I might really? read a bit more. There's a lot. There's, there's a whole, that many? There's a whole. So I think the original author only wrote seven and then his son started like he picked them up and started running with it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. His, his son was like, oh, all right. I mean, if my dad's a Duke, then I guess I have to be Paul and take this over. And he's just, he's it trying is, to be Paul as an author, basically. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of built into the life story, if you think Interesting. about it. Yeah, uh, I, I did it. I remember when I went to pick up a copy, um, I just went to Barnes & Noble and there is like, there was a bunch of different Dune titles. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of confused and I had to like, look at my phone. Like, I'm almost positive. I just need to buy the one called Dune. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to like not do the right thing. Maybe there was like a Dune pre thing I had to read, but yeah, I got the right one. <laughs> it it would have been pretty awkward if you came in like, so we're reading like The Empire Strikes Back Dune <laughs> yeah. Edition, right? It could have happened. I think yeah. I've done something like that before. Paul Paul just opened a Target in Santa Fe, right? <laughs> am I am I right here? Okay. Yeah, one hundred percent. 
so Paul says, now Harkonnen shall kill Harkonnen, realizing that his mother is of the Harkonnen house. Uh, they are hanging out in the still tent. They've been hidden in the desert by Duncan, Idaho. Paul is furious at the circumstance led to his father dying. He continues to reveal his newfound uh, cognitive and prophetic powers to his mother. His mind is working leaps and bounds ahead of Jessica, and he tells her that the Freemen and their desert power are the key to defeating the Harkonnens. I feel like the term desert power needs to be on like fucking, uh, oh, what's the word? Like the A shit, tank tops. Just on desert power on a tank top? It doesn't need to mean anything. You could be wearing it in Atlantis. It just looks like something. Neil Wood with blonde hair should be wearing a tank desert top. Desert power, yeah, yeah, desert power. I like <laughs> I like the idea of what was in the, what did uh, Leto, Duke Leto say about like um, Caladan, they had what, air power or like- uh, We had air power and water power. Air and, and, and water power. power. Yeah, there's like a very, uh, what was the, what was that cartoon uh, we watched as kids, Planet? Uh, Cap- Captain Planet. Captain Planet, dude. It's like, yeah, all right, where are the other two? Where are the rings at? Let's get some rings here. I know they had like the Ducal ring that uh, his, was taken from his dad and given to Paul. We need to get the rings in here. And we need to get all the powers combined to defeat Harkonnens. I think that's, hmm. if it doesn't end with this being a prelude actually to Captain Planet, I'll be really upset. With your powers combined, I am Captain Arrakis and fucking, <laughs> fucking sandworm just jumps up and swallows of smokestack. Actually just Captain Planet's dick. That's what the worm is. It's just yes. giant monster's <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, we need that reboot like yesterday. Um, Captain Planet. Captain with Planet with a sandworm dick. Sandworm pong. <laughs> yeah. Again, there's a lot of Dune sequels, so it, it might be in there somewhere. It's got to be. Yeah, if there's that many books, they got to they gotta start, you know, doing some crossovers at some point, try to make some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also states they must attack House Harkonnen by taking control of the spice. Jessica struggles to follow his lines of thought. She believes that her son might be the Kwisatz Heterok or Space Jesus, as I just said, but he dismisses this idea saying that he is something unexpected. Yeah, here's a question. When was the first time you felt smarter than one of your parents? Oh man, that's a fucking... I don't think I have yet. I don't think I've ever crossed mm-hmm. that. I'm 30 and I don't think... Um... I, uh, my, my mother is very religious and I tried to have a religious discussion with her once where I'm just like, Oh, what was it? She said like, Oh yeah. See, God was looking out for you. That's why you found that book in that place. Like some, some random shit she wanted to attribute to God. Yeah. And I yeah. said, yeah, mom, I, I would have been way better off, like not finding that book and, you know, little kids not getting cancer. And then my mom responds like, well, God doesn't give kids cancer. Like then what's your, okay. the, the, the devil, she says, well, no, cancer is just like, it's not God. I'm like, okay, mom. Okay, mom. <laughs> no, survival's God. All the pain is all the other stuff. God is yeah. only when it's good. And then that's. You know what, mom? You're, you're right. I can see you've thought for about 45 seconds on this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to your expertise. You ever realize how God and good are such close words? I mean, there's something there. Uh but uh, I no, I've never. My dad was an attorney, and uh, my mom's a psychologist. So not oh, that that shit. is, not that that means they're smarter than me, but they know how to always come out on top in a conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, no matter what, uh, I don't think I've ever proven to be smarter than them in any in any discussion. Mm-hmm. Even if they're like, "Fuck, Casey got me." My dad could just argue his way out of it, or my mom could mm-hmm. just do some Jedi mind trick shit. And yeah, I, your, your oh, mom man, has really. that 
Bene Gesserit psychologist training. She could just basically, yeah, yeah. That's uh, the whole Lady Jessica thing of like her just being like, I could just say something and make this person do what I want them to, but I'm going to torture them slowly first before and see if I can just get them to admit their faults or admit their guilt. And uh, yeah, that's, you know that's what? exactly what it's like. That must be the great thing about ha having a mother that's a psychologist is I feel like psychologists always try to say men have mommy issues and she really doesn't have that. Uh, that, that would be admitting a weakness if she gave that to you. Yeah, yeah, she can't say it. She has to double down and be like, nope, I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're just a bad kid, I guess. Yeah, I'm like, mom, you do custody evaluations for work. Like, you know, parents fuck their kids up more than anything in the world does. But mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about that? You know, so. Oh, God. I had, I, I had a conversation with a, a, a member of my wife's family, and they were talking about their hard upbringing and how, like, their father always called them dumb and et cetera, et cetera. And I just made the wrong joke at the wrong time. Like, well, you know, listen, hey, life might have been hard for him. He was lashing out. I mean, for example, it couldn't have been easy having such a disappointment as a son. And he just... <laughs> just <Damn. laughs> Really, really let it rip there, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work um, Paul comes to terms with the fact that he is the result of uh, the Bene, basically realizing like, oh, I've been manufactured. The Bene Gesserit have been trying to refresh the human gene pool and that's why I'm here. Paul sees, however, that this will take the form of a religious war with the surviving Atreides soldiers and freemen sweeping violently across the universe. Paul desires to prevent this crusade from happening. So I do think that's pretty cool where... Uh, He's having visions of the future and he's he's seeing a future already where like, you know, either like I could be a great leader. I might also be Osama bin Laden. So I need to not. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't want to do this shit. That seems I, I think it's kind of weird because he's like he is able to kind of see ahead or he, he has these premonitions, but he's also like it's not set in stone. So he's what he's able to. Wouldn't you think if you're seeing all these premonitions that if you, whatever move you make, it's going to lead to that anyways. So mm -hmm. I don't, I, I, I don't, wasn't sure how they're kind of presenting that the type of premonitions he's having in the book. I, I think at this point, they're almost presenting it as it's such a new awareness to him that he can't control it. It's just like a, a dizzying amount of information that he is receiving. Like there's a point where they even say like even the smallest movement, like he would love to stay completely still, but even that is a choice with its own consequence way off down the line. Yeah. Yeah. There was a really cool line. I forgot to write it down, but it was, uh, Oh, it was like something. Yeah. Something about like even saying a word the wrong way or saying or like, if you, uh, mm -hmm. like the, your choice, your choice of one single word can alter everything and something like that. And I was like, it's, that's kind of interesting, but yeah, I guess he's just kind of like bugging out now because he's getting all these thoughts and he's like, I can't let any of this shit happen. And so, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> he's still at the beginning of his powers. He has to figure it out. I'm sure I'm sure Jesus electrocuted quite a few people while he was working out how to heal him of blindness. So. <laughs> yeah. But all this, when you're 15, you got puberty and you can just like see the future of the world. That's a lot of shit going on. Exactly. You know? like, predict the future. I haven't even kissed a girl yet. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't felt a woman and, you know, porn's pretty good. And I think I might like that too much. And so what's this guy? This guy's got a lot of shit on his mind. It's, a, it's also pretty tricky because his mom has given him like some, if we're talking the structure of a story right now, despite their relationship, the structure of the story is it almost feels like he is the Luke and she, well, actually she, he's like the Han Solo and she's like the Leia. They have a very, 
like he's having to rescue her and she's like oh i'm so impressed with you except you're my son and i kind of made you this yeah and she's preggers too and, and she's preggers and yeah that that was like another thing do you think i don't think it's leto's did they, was that like was that actually did I miss anything where it was like, I haven't I haven't seen anything one way or another but I had well actually it, they seem to be implying very heavily that it is Leto's I mean unless you're saying it's Paul's no 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 not Paul's um, okay I don't know I just you know sometimes I can just quit read a little too fast and I'll just miss a detail but like I don't know it just seemed to me like it kind of came out of nowhere everything you know, that we had seen between Jessica and Leto beforehand was they were very like kind of at odds and a lot of tension, but I guess sometimes that's the right situation for some fucking. So maybe, maybe they did knock one out and, you know, you know, get pregnant, yeah. but I don't I mean, know. Come on. If you're, like, listen, even if you're fighting with your spouse, I got to imagine like leaving your home world, you might never see again. That's a, that, that's a, like, we should do this before we ever get. The yeah, that's around. true. That'll, that'll get you horned up, you know, like let's, Let's go hit the let's go hit every room in the house again before we get out of here. Exactly. We're heading to a world with no moisture. I'd like to get pregnant on the planet with lube. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Why like think about how much like it, how much it costs to get water in Iraq is I mean lube. Good god. Yeah. God, there must be I mean they must have a factory farm of like pubescent young girls being shown boy band footage all the time just to collect the moisture. <laughs> What is the what is the unit of like like Solaris or something like that? Like ten, thinking like ten thousand Solaris for a little like pinch of lube, maybe in uh, yeah. on Arrakis. <laughs> God, yeah, I, I I love sci-fi when you think too far into the implications of whatever world they're thinking up. Like for example, just how valuable vagina fluids would be. Yeah, right. That's... I mean, they, they've hit on everything else. They flat out say the still suit is like turning your, your piss and shit into water for you to drink right away. So. Dude, that bothered me so much. I hate I hated that. Because I'm like, I don't, if you've ever shat or pissed yourself, you know it's the most uncomfortable feeling mm -hmm. you could ever experience. So, but it's like to survive, these people just got to wear this suit and just constantly shit and piss themselves so they can get like, a nibble of water out of their little straw. Right. Like, I don't know, man. This is, this is recycling. This is the future liberals want. They want you to be. <laughs> yeah, <drink>. right. <laughs> I don't think I'd want, I think I'd just, I'd be like, I don't want to, if I have to live off my own piss and shit, I think it's time we wrap things up. That's what I, that would be my, I'd be like, where's one of them worms at? I want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> suicide by worm. I would, I, I would do that. The only thing is those worms are so big. You could probably like, sacrifice yourself to the worm and you're just going to like you're not going to get in through the teeth like you're going to be melted with stomach acid at some point oh yeah that's a good call because people are totally i i asked people who were like big fans of the book like what the actual size are and they thought i said like oh no the sandworms are like the size of the empire state building like oh yeah they're they're huge yeah so yeah you uh, go you go you, yeah you go straight through you're missing teeth you're going yeah you're right you're going straight into the gullet you're going down and you're going to burn up that's right I don't know, maybe grab a tooth on the way down and just let it crunch you if you wanted to there go that go. way. Yeah. <laughs> be uh, creative with your suicide, you know? Uh, so, Duncan Idaho does not return. A storm comes up and covers the stole tent in stand. Later, when Paul has determined that if Idaho has been captured, he will have by now given in to torture, Paul decides he and Jessica must leave their hiding spot. It's night outside when they dig themselves out. 
Jessica follows Paul automatically as he decides where to travel. She notes that she lived now in her son's orbit. As they depart their camp, they can see Harkonnen ornithopters hunting for them with jet flares and lasgun lighting up the distant desert. So, uh, yeah. Lady Jessica's really fawning over her baby boy's new abilities. Uh, did your did your parents ever like fawn over you or like pump you up for something when you were little, like tell you how great you are? What is is this therapy, dude? Uh, <laughs> Look, I don't. Casey, your mother asked me to talk to you and get some information. <laughs> Fucking Lady Jessica at it again. Uh, <laughs> sending your what are you, Gurney Halleck, coming down here? To, or are you Yui? What do you, what, uh, what would that make you? I'm I'm part I'm part Gurney. I have the guitar out every now and again. Yeah, yeah. Play some tunes and just keep speaking in uh, fucking phrases and poem quotes. The uh, Owl of the Desert. <laughs> do you love your mom? I don't. I mean, I don't remember them like uh, they were always supportive of like anything I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I, they were never like cheerleaders or anything like that. You know, they're kind of pretty practical in their uh, in their enthusiasm towards things. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most democratic way I could, could say that. Uh, no, yeah, there was nothing. I don't think there's anything that I ever fond over. Uh, I, when I started playing hockey when I was a kid, I, I picked up ice skating pretty quick. And my dad was like, how the fuck are you an athlete? He's like, there's no athletes in our family. How did you, fig- you figure this out? That was always the one thing was my dad was surprised that I was an athlete because we generally in our family have like no great coordination. And I wasn't even that great. I was just good enough, you know, at Mm. so my dad was like shocked by it which was less of a compliment and more of like uh you didn't think i could do this thing that most other people can do kind of situation <laughs> but uh uh yeah it's that's that was really it and i don't think i ever had i had no nothing to fawn over as a kid mm. i was pretty right down the middle with most stuff so yeah i remember passing I remember english they fawned over that because they didn't expect it to happen <laughs> i remember my, my dad was like you know you're gonna be a sports star like Dad, you're fucking 5'8 and 280 pounds. I don't know why you think that genetics are going to turn into something. That was a weird thing. He wanted me to be a sports star when he was not physical at all, unless he was beating yeah. the shit out of somebody, which was- Well, you, you're pretty tall, aren't you? I am tall. Yeah. I got, I, I'm lucky because his brothers are tall and my mother is tall. But my dad okay. was like little fucking fire plug of a dude. Gotcha. I was going to say, yeah, you're def- you definitely shot over 5'8". Yeah, I got I got very lucky. I got very lucky. Didn't turn it in any fucking career though, man. Where's the where's the where's the where's the Super Bowl ring, Jesse? I I I don't know. I have a I, I have a ring with a pretty tree on it, and I'm I'm happy being I'm happy being the creative, willowy, you know, afraid to get a tetanus shot wimp I am today. Happy so. to be part of Captain Planet's troop. Hey, exactly. <laughs> I'm the hi. I'm the tree guy. Sorry, my my Uber was running late trees all right uh chapter two in the epigraph madib reflects on his father's belief that respect of the truth is the mark of morality alongside his saying that something cannot emerge from nothing madib is conscious of how changeable the truth can be yeah something cannot emerge from nothing again this sounds like my mother justifying her religion and saying and and that's why evolution is fake um yeah, that's uh, that was this was one of the ones that I didn't really get. Some of these are pretty cool, and this one I was like, I don't know if the and this set, what is this set, set up? What do we end up going into here? Is that uh, um, we're, we're seeing Hawat here again? Hawat, that's right, Hawat. Yeah. So, yeah, 
he's hiding on the outskirts of Arakeen with some surviving Atreides soldiers and Freeman. Uh, he has been so shocked and furious by the Harkonnen attack that his emotions have almost powered his rational Mentat abilities. Because remember, he's he's a Mentat, so he's like cold, logical, but he seems to be like very upset, which is obviously the opposite of that. Uh, he's amazed that the Emperor and House Harkonnen have committed 10 legions of soldiers to the attack, an enormous and costly enterprise that would uh, equal the price of at least 50 years of Arakeen spice income. He's still fixated on Lady Jessica as the traitor. Again, for like the super logical guy, he's like, I just know it's that bitch who. It's gotta be. Yeah. That, it, I it's never that liked la- her. It's that lady with nothing to gain and her son probably dying. I just know it's her. It's, it's really, yeah, it's reading so much like the jealous best friend who there's nothing wrong with his new guy's girlfriend. It's just the fact that he doesn't get to hang with his buddy anymore. And he's like, that bitch. Mm-hmm. I can't stand her. She's ruining my life. Leto, uh, Leto, we used to have so much fun before she came here. <laughs> and I know you said you wouldn't marry her. And I was like, oh, cool. But then I didn't think you would just like hang out with her for 20 years. We used to go fishing together. Now you brought me to this fucking desert. <laughs> <laughs> we used to go fishing all the time. And now you took me to a sand planet. <laughs> you know, I burn, I burn easily. <laughs> <laughs> your bitch wife, you stupid kid. I hate you so much. <laughs> This is 100% the vibe is beginning from Hawat now is that he's yeah just kind of like a, a, a BFF scorned. Uh, oh, yeah. He is he is bummed out. He has been he, – he wants this to be a – well, no, he doesn't want it to be a thruple. He, he just wants his man. This Mentat no, wants his yeah, man. He just, he just wants Boys Nights back. He just wants to go drink some stouts with, with, uh, with Leto, <laughs> you know, talk about the game, you know, shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. Can't do it anymore, man. Everyone he, grew up around him. He never knew what to do. Remember, we'd get fucked up and we'd ride the ornithopter to like 5 a.m. And, and we, we did when we when we drank our piss, it was only for fun and not necessity. We'd take the bullhead that killed your dad and we'd get drunk and wear it around the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have so many clips from this episode. I'm looking forward to this. Hell yeah. Um, he learns that Gurney Halleck and some of the Atreides soldiers are safely hidden with Arrakis smugglers. The Mentat tries to negotiate with the Freeman for his people to offer the Atreides men their support. I'm liking more of the Freeman as we come up. They're like these weird yeah. warrior Zen dudes. They have the blue eyes. They're very cool. And I like they're holding up Hawat here uh, before they'll do any negotiations. He's like, you, you need to make a water decision. Which uh, turns out, like you have dead soldiers, and we basically, de- we we basically stick them in a dehumidifier to take all their water. Because why yeah. wouldn't you? Right, you know? right. Yeah, the dude's just kind of there. He's like, uh, he's like, you got a, looks like you got some uh, some water over there. What are you trying to do with that water back there? And he's just like fiending. And yeah. and then Hawat's like, yeah, we got some dead guys. We got some dead guys, but. Uh, you know, we, there are dead guys. We do our dead guy thing. And the guy's just like, he keeps just staring. Like, he asked like about the water situation like 10 times. He's totally cracking out, like tweaking out. Mm-hmm. And he just like needs his fix, which I kind of like love. As it went along, I realized it was actually happening. It just made it funnier to me that <laughs> he just kept asking about the water. Oh, yeah. Especially that like the other guys are all pissed off about it. But uh, they're like, no, dude, we'll totally be on our side. It just let us make your friend jerky and drink his water. Like, that's it. That's I, all we want. Right. And how is the answer to the guys that are upset about it? Now, like, hey, do you want to keep drinking your own piss and shit? Because that's what we're doing right now. So if you want to get some 
some regular water, you know, yeah, we got to drink our oh, friend's yeah. blood. We got to no, drink our friend's blood, but it's better than our own piss and shit. Dude, grief absolutely has its limits. I, I am a firm believer that if you would find out just how much you cared about dignity for the dead, if you had to dig the grave yourself, like we had, we had a, a pet of ours die very early during COVID and it was so sad and nothing got rid of that sadness quicker than uh, we were trying to dig a hole in my mother's backyard. It was super cold out and all we had were hand trowels. Like we wanted to bury her deep so the dogs wouldn't get her. And eventually we just like sprinkled some fucking dirt on her. And I told my mom, if the dogs dig up that rabbit, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, you know what? I respect the respect the soul and I'm going to focus on the soul now. Whatever happens to the body happens to the body. Exactly. <laughs> if, the, if the dogs need it for their water, so be it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so he's very impressed with the Freeman. So the the Sardaukar, who are like the personal uh, guards for the Emperor, have snuck in with the Harkonnens and they're doing a lot of things. They are like these unkillable Navy SEAL super soldiers. And apparently these Freeman just fuck them up easy. Yeah, they do. They're like Marine. They're like Marines cosplaying as fucking Harkonnens. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the little little trick they got going on there so they right. can't get busted. But uh, like, I'll say this though, <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, and now you have all like these dirty, skinny, long-haired, like hippie Freeman, and they're just fucking these guys up, beating the shit out of them. Yeah, I like. I, I agree with you. The Freeman kind of like started to get really cool for me here. I didn't like though that like I felt like Herbert didn't really get into any cool descriptive writing with the battle. He was just like, oh, there's just a cloud of dust, and then Freeman emerged. You know, he just kind of made it yeah. seem like. He doesn't Anytime like action scenes. He doesn't. He doesn't write them out at all. Like he, I mean, he does somewhat, but I was really upset by, you know, you could have really made the Freeman look awesome by kind of getting the detail of like how they're getting the upper hand on the, the, the butt suckers, whatever their name is. Yeah. And like uh, I, I just, yeah, I felt like it was just kind of a cop out where he's like, oh, that we could see the shields moving through the dust and then the Freeman emerged. And then there was another cloud of dust and Freeman we're still standing or the only one standing. I'm like, yeah, this is corny. I didn't like that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like, dude, just give, give us a little bit, a little bit of badassery instead of like, yeah. he's all about tactics. Like we're going to get into like the nitty gritty of like the step pattern that Paul and Lady Jessica use. Like, dude, yeah. why just, just have a Freeman fucking sneak up behind a, a sorry car, snap his neck and like, you exactly. know, light a like, cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me one rolling head, one fucking rolling head, please. You know, like, right? Can it get just that? sneak up behind him? Like, oh, does it hurt? Hmm? Can you not sand it? <laughs> oh Could man, that would be beautiful. <laughs> um. So yeah, Hawat's impressed by their discipline. We see a fucking suicide bombing. Uh, one of them steals a ship and sacrifices himself, crashing the ornithopter into like a fucking troop vessel that they're on. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, well, like three, it's like 300 soldiers on it or something. He yes. Just, mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's like, fuck it, I'll take the bullet. He just, mm -hmm. I like that. That was that was mm -hmm. cool. However, at this point, they're atta attacked by Morsadikar and Hawat is knocked on unconscious. And I don't think we see him again for the rest of this little section. So. No, we hear about him, but no, we don't see him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, damn, how many of them are there? Because you think that like that whole series, you're like waiting for them to be out of the woods and then they're out of the desert, out of the caves out of the rocks and uh then they finally get out there's like still more of these fucking soldiers mm -hmm. so i don't know were they insinuating that they were like people who survived the 
the crash and they were coming down from it. It seemed like they're kind of coming down like uh, with shoots or something like that. I couldn't really tell exactly what was going on. Yeah, well, it seems like this is still like killing Duke Leto was only part of it. Like they also coordinated a full like we're attacking all their bases, leave no leave no trace of the Atreides alive. Like they're trying to take over the planet right now. Word, word, word. All right, yeah. yeah well, I hope they all die. Hell yeah. Uh, chapter three again in the epigraph. Muad'Dib's powers of foresight. He can see the future but it's likened to being limited in the same way that sight is limited by perspective and light. The future, yeah, this is pretty much exactly what we said, how he can see the future multiple all the time. It's weird. There's a quote here, the, p- the path leads ever down into stagnation. So yeah, pretty much and he can see as far as something's going to go, but it eventually just kind of fizzles out towards the end that he can't see. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. You're like a half prophecy constantly. You're just like constantly seeing like sub, the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, it seems like that sucks, but I don't know. Well, how do I know if that's yeah. going to, you know, the, how do I know the end of that is bad or not? Right. Hey, Jesse, when, when's the next terrorist attack? Like, I asked me in like another five months. I can, I can see something. I'm not sure <sighs> where it I is just, yet. <laughs> I see the plane. I don't see if it hits. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Something saying it's in Vermont. That can't be fucking right. There's nothing in Vermont to blow up. What is Uh, it? Like a Columbia or an LL Bean they could blow up and just ruin the style (laughs) in Vermont? But yes, that's the tragedy. We'll all wear flannel to to mourn in the future, just hiking clothes. Uh, The ornithopters, we're back with Paul and Jessica. The ornithopters rise over them in the desert and they see it's flown by Duncan, Idaho. I'll get into this in a second. There's a weird thing with Duncan who has bought Dr. Kynes and uh, several Freemen with him. They rescue the pair and the group watches the enemy ornithopters are blown to pieces due to a large shield that Idaho buried in the sand. Basically, there's a thing where if the power of the las gun and the shield meets and it causes like a nuclear explosion. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty, I like that. That was uh, very mm-hmm. Star Wars-ish. But isn't, didn't someone say this is like, this Star Wars was like ripped off of this book? People have said that, yeah, because I think Star Wars came out like 10 years after this, and at least the chunks when they're on Tatooine, you can kind of see it, and I mean, uh, the Sarlacc sounds like an immobile, you know what the Sarlacc pit was, right? Yeah, that was the one with Jabba the Hutt, right? Yeah, that was Return of the Jedi. That sounds like a sandworm that's just, you know, permanently fixed. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm. yeah. Which... No, no, what are you saying? Oh, I was just gonna say, I like the whole like the whole thing of like, oh, we use a certain shield when the laser hits the shield and emotes. Like, it just seemed very Star Wars esque to me. Like the the whole thought process and the uh, creativity there. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but that's immediately what I thought of when I was reading it. I keep trying to. It's funny we we brought up one after the other. I keep trying to get this joke off the ground, and I'm gonna be really working on it again soon this week on how I keep getting the details of 9-11 and Star Wars confused in my head. Oh, I like that. That's great. Because you, like, I think you said this, you, uh, what is it, you, where where do you go with it? Uh, I pretty much just end up listing all the ways they're exactly the same and like, you know, like, oh yeah, that's right. R2-D2 and fucking C-3PO are hijacking flights a lot. And I mean, R2-D2 has all those tools on him. There's got to be a box cutter in there somewhere. Well, you call Luke a terrorist? Luke is a terrorist. Right. And so it, doesn't he also, he fl- he fucking flies a TIE fighter into the Death Star, doesn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. A bunch of small pilots take over aircraft and a million to one to million to one shot suicide mission take down the gigantic steel structure uh, symbolizing greed and imperialism all over the world. You know, I, I want I won't rest until Obama comes on my TV and tells me they got George Lucas. That's when I'll find. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, back to I actually just saw that clip recently where John Cena like announces to the live audience that Osama bin Laden's been killed, but he actually says it as if he had something to do with this. Oh, dude, it was the best, man. And it's like, oh, of course that would happen at a pro wrestling show. Yeah, where the, hey. the big face comes out. <laughs> we got him. <laughs> Listen, guys, I had to wait until I got the one, two, three on the Undertaker here. But Osama bin Laden, I've been working on this in the background. By the way, I said I was doing Make-A-Wish Kid stuff. Nah, this whole time, uh, SEAL Team 6. Permanently dude. compromised. <laughs> it's it's such a John Cena fucking pro wrestling thing to happen mm-hmm. is to announce when a terrorist is killed on TV. It's outstanding. Funny. You know there are some people in that crowd who were not looking at their phones who immediately were like, going a really weird fucking angle with this storyline. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> They're like, they're like, all right, so they're gonna do like John Cena's actually a soldier. All right, we're gonna yeah. actually he, he'll come out to the tank and maybe fire it at WrestleMania. This should this should be good. This should be fucking sick. Uh see so that that's what happened, and then they ended up not using the tank. They saved it all those years for Rusev to come out with it. Yeah. Because once you buy a tank, you gotta use it. You gotta use it. Give it to the Russian now. Storage costs alone. God. Um, okay. So, Paul is struck by the strangeness of Idaho calling him sire. Now that the Duke Leto is dead, Paul is officially head of House Atreides. Kynes is comforted in his decision to help Paul and Jessica. So, Kynes is the planetologist who's kind of liking the Atreides because they seem to actually want to help the planet out. First off, fuck this guy because he's like, <laughs> okay. they go, what is he introduced as like an ecologist? And he goes like, uh, a planetologist, we'll get it right. That's that when he did had that interaction with the Duke Leto, everything I read in his in his voice was, uh, well, actually, that's that's the voice I get when I hear uh, Kynes uh, talk. Well, actually, the, the, the water spilling ceremony is very important to our indigenous culture. And as a colonizer, you should not. This is this is very white savior is what I'm getting. What at. are you going to do with the base? Oh, uh, I'm going to try to make this planet livable. Whoa, OK, then that's a, that's a nice plan. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Fuck he's kind. just such a fucking dweeb who thinks he's better than everybody. And then when he meets someone who's better than him, he's like, I respect you. It's like, yeah, I hate people like that. To, to, to coin a phrase, Kynes, Kynes is a cuck. He's a desert. He's a desert oh, planet absolute cuck. Cuck. Absolute an, cuck. He's an era cuck. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Kynes is comforted in his decision to help Paul and Jessica when he observes the mantle of adulthood and leadership that Paul now wears. He is further convinced that Paul is worth aiding when the young man comments that he would like to use the Imperial bases to work out how to make Arrakis more hospitable to human life. Uh, they find out, we've been hearing alternately, there's this mysterious leader of the Freeman called Liet. Uh, Liet is Kynes. So they, they hired a dork, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's their god, right? Technically, yeah. isn't, isn't Liet, like, wasn't he supposed to be like a, was like a god figure to them, the Freeman? A, a, a little bit. They've actually been kind of scanty on the details as to just how much this is an actual religious thing or... I think they play up like nobody's entirely sure what to make of it, but they know the Freeman have this thing they look up to. Okay. 
Uh, Paul and Kynes negotiate. They each forcefully try to impose their own authority over one another, with Paul pushing his legal nobility, while Kynes presses his as uh, an authority for Arakeen. Um, he's, Paul speaks to the fact that he is likely the prophesied Freeman Messiah, Lisan al-Gaib, which Kynes tries to dismiss as a superstition, which... Uh, yeah, an interesting tactic in negotiations. So like, so I need two weeks paid vacation, company match 401k, and may seem steep, but remember, I'm Sandy Space Jesus, all right? <laughs> and I didn't come here saying that, you did, okay? Yeah, right, you guys were telling me that. I like Space Jesus a lot. The other word, the Krishoff Sawats or whatever, I butchered that. I, I don't like that name at all. Krishoff's Heterock. Yeah, they really, the beginning of this book, they just fucking throw these terms at you. Yeah, uh, and it's you're supposed to keep them all together, and it's really hard to. I didn't realize there's a glossary at the back of the book, so I that's kind of on me. But oh, is that? I think I guess there's one in mine, but I never bought. All right, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, Paul wants to blackmail the emperor into abdicating his throne to the young Atreides duke. Paul will threaten the emperor with a violent civil war by bringing the truth of the Arrakis attacks before the High Council. This will piss off the great houses if they learn that the emperor have to happen helped to attack House Atreides. There we go. The Great Houses will fear similar treatment and unite to take on Imperial forces. Paul will then offer the Emperor an alternative to Civil War that the young Duke will marry one of the princesses and then he will step down. So we got so much... People jerk off to the, the politics of Game of Thrones, but uh, I think this is just... Uh, this is more political because for one thing everybody's, you know, fucking clothed. They're, they're not like fucking and in the afterglow discussing betrayal and shit they're like sitting down and negotiating stuff yeah yeah i think this i didn't i was never i never watched game of thrones um so i don't really i just never got on that boat so it's it's worth it i just watched it for the first time during uh quarantine it's worth it to watch it once yeah all right fair enough i do like listen to my episodes on game of thrones if you haven't (laughs) sorry no, you're good. But this is the part where I got where I'm like, we're fucking scheming again. Yeah, it's just it's just, it's just constant scheming, which is fun. But uh, I feel like it's just uh, I, w- I felt like it started to get a if it started to feel a, a little redundant for me here. The book where I'm like, all right, now he's just getting yeah. all right. Now we're going to see how if, you know, basically if Paul can do what the Duke Leto couldn't, which is, you know, scheme his way to victory right. and, uh, you know, blackmail the right people which leto didn't have a good job at didn't do a good job at so now paul's like got right. it he see, he seemed to have too much dignity for scheming yeah he was just like let's just fucking strong arm these dudes and they're like nah yeah this is arrakis this is you're dealing with a fucking padawan emperor like yeah. you gotta fucking you gotta get down and dirty you gotta have people wearing costumes you're not supposed to be wearing you gotta get little weird little priests to poison people for you you know you gotta you gotta sure. play dirty and so it seems like paul might try to do that i don't know it is it is scheme or be schemed otherwise you end up with a fucking poison tooth in your mouth and then it's your only option yeah you just gotta uh-huh. fucking hiss at people as you die you kill them too i i do love that we do get a glimpse that paul is also still a 15 year old in his scheming as uh his master plan for peace and everything involves him fucking a princess yeah so. hell yeah <laughs> Is Again, that, man, you got to eat all these powers, but you're still 15 and horny. It's got to. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I need to do. And if some sand pussy finds its way to me in the meantime, I mean, well, that's just a sacrifice we're all going to have to make. Yeah. I am the Duke. I mean, like, 
I just, I just need one hand job, and I swear to God, I'll see the rest of the prophecies. Just, I need a little bit post nut clarity, and then I'm gonna get to see all the prophecies in the world, and I'll share them all with you guys. But for the love of God, can a princess just jerk me off, please? I just need a royal handy, right into the belly button, and then I will <laughs> donate the moisture to Arrakis, and then, and that'll fix everything. Hell yeah, dude! Paul, Paul's getting horned up. He's getting Ooh. horned up. He's getting. I just smoking the spice. He's smoking the spice of Arrakis. <laughs> he's seeing all kinds of stuff. I mean, he's he's about to have a more exciting fifteen than I did. So, uh, all the all the sex and pregnancy talk just made me have the thought of like, what is a desert planet with their importance of water? You know what they do when a woman's water breaks? They're all over. Oh yeah, man. That's like a that's even worse thing. than eating the placenta. I think that's uh that's some heavy shit. Yeah, I, I'm okay with cooking and eating the placenta as long as you're not taking out a crazy straw and uh, getting the amniotic fluid up there. There's yeah, there's there's gonna be like at some point in the woman's pregnancy where like just has dudes just with buckets following her around, just like waiting and hoping <laughs> and praying. Oh, what a gross universe! Uh, so uh, Kynes is actually won over to the Atreides because uh, he gets really pissed off at something at some point over something Paul says, and Paul is actually like, "Wait, wait, no, 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 I, I, I misspoke there. My, my bad. I fucked up." And even something as small as like, "Oh, a Harkonnen would never admit a mistake of any kind ever." Yeah, um, that is how I realized I was in a toxic relationship once when I realized, "Oh, this person never admits to anything wrong ever." Um, Duncan Idaho is killed protecting Paul during the fight with the Sardaukar soldiers, but Liet Kynes, Paul, and Jessica escape through a secret exit. Duncan Idaho keeps like showing up is awesome and then just like dies like a fucking dry fart in the desert. I, I don't know. It kind of bothers me. Yeah, I don't think he's dead. I, I think because of that reason, like you don't, it's kind of like the, it's, what's like the role in like TV, you know, like if it's not, unless you see it, they're not uh -huh. dead. And uh i yeah there's like a part of me that because i think later i don't want to jump ahead too much mm -hmm. but in this section there's one point where paul says he has a vision and in the vision duncan idaho's with them okay and he's like so but he's dead and that was like ah, i don't think duncan died i think he just stayed back and smashed some skulls okay, uh good i want to see that because he does feel like he does feel like the space marine in like dune just like total badass like I imagine him, he's going to have to, like, fight fucking Batista Raban coming Dude, up. And I was going to say, he's going to fight fucking Batista. And let's not forget that he has the ultimate Midwestern oh. indie pro wrestling name, Duncan Idaho. <laughs> you know who plays him in the movie? That's I, I, uh, Momoa, right? Yeah, it's like Jason Momoa, who yeah. looks he, he looks like an alternate version of The Rock that the world just didn't go with. Absolutely. So you got you got you got to have Jason Momoa versus Batista, which another show has already done that. And yeah, I think that's what's, what's going to happen here is uh, Duncan's got to live, I think. Yeah. I, Duncan, I I, so. Duncan Idaho versus the Beast Raven. Like that is a <laughs> fucking Montana indie wrestling main event that those two <laughs> names right there. You can't even convince me otherwise. God, D Duncan Idaho got got fired. He was originally he was originally known as uh, what, what, what was it? Do Dominic Montana, and that's that's his indie <laughs> name. He had to go back now. Dune Deathmatch. You can. <laughs> <laughs> they just fill the ring with sand. <laughs> yeah. Loser will be devoured by the sandworms, and after having to drink their own poop. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Paul and Jessica escape in an ornithopter and are pursued. 
Paul daringly pilots the ornithopter into the sand. So again, this is one of the things when somebody space Jesus, you can instantly make them like, and they instantly knew how to operate this heavy machinery because space Jesus. Anyway. Yeah. It's uh, like, hey, I was reading that and I'm like, God, this is something that, and I'm not saying that Dune stole it, obviously, having come out in the what, early, late, late 60s, early 70s. I think it was like mid 60s, it was like 65. Yeah, but it's like, God, how many times have I seen this in a movie or a yeah. show? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like the, the uh, oh, I guess I'll, I'll try to figure this out. And then they just, they're like, yeah, flying the thing like they've been doing it for fucking 100 years. That's why God bless the Matrix for being the only movie that actually, like, no, we uploaded it to your brain and you know it now. Yeah, like, oh, that makes sense. way to get around it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul begins reciting the Bene Gesserit litany against fear, which I do like. I do like the way fear is the mind killer. Calm the fuck Dude, down. That whole paragraph is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're to chapter four now. So again, the epigraphs are either awesome or terrible. We have an awesome one here. What do you despise by this? You are truly known. Casey, what do you despise? Oh, man. Um nearly everything at this point i think mm-hmm. is like the safest thing to say uh man what do i truly despise um bringer mics bringer uh, mic yeah open mics in general uh open mics terrible. in general um comedy producers comedy promoters now uh, um <laughs> i don't know I, I do just despise uh i think Anyone in, man, it would have to be this is a hard one for me because I don't, mm-hmm. I despise a lot of shit at this point. I really do. I think right now, as, uh, I'll put it this way. Anyone who is still doing politics online, like on Facebook, I, des- I despise them. Anyone, either side, I don't give a shit. I'm, t- I'm tired of, I'm tired of Facebook, uh, fucking politics of like so says the white man here's here's this half information here's this half information that can you know works for what i want to say and and whatever um dude i'm like i'm friends with so many fucking people from like the sticks and the suburbs who Mm -hmm. are just trying to do now to biden i'm not saying that biden's not doing anything great right now but like they're trying to do to biden what people did to trump and they're like like oh everyone who voted for biden is staying silent now and i'm like yeah, because we fucking don't put our all of our fucking faith oh, yeah. in a president like you idiots did. Like, you, you I'm not going to sit here and defend a president because I don't expect the president to really nail the job. They never fucking do. Right. And I, I, you, I will say the point of why we all hated Trump. And I just hate those fucking people. Right. Um, that annoys the shit out of me. That's uh, one so thing just, with the two different sides. I remember like when Andrew Cuomo was forced to resign and like, I was seeing Republicans online, like, Oh, look, it's a, what are you going to do now that one of your guys is getting taken down? And they were like a little baffled. They're like, yeah, no, he's a pervert. We don't want him in there. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, we agree. This guy sucks. And they're just know. so angry. Yeah. You're doing guy. Like, no, I don't care. He's not my guy. Yeah. None of these people are my people. They, I don't like any of them. They're pro- fucking politicians. I, yeah. I've never once trusted or adored a politician solely for the purpose that they're a politician and I don't fucking mm-hmm. like you. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I've been getting real tired of that. I despise that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I despise anyone who thinks that they deserve anything. That too. That's, uh, that one's more directed at comedy, but uh, that's, uh, yeah. you know, just mouth shut, eyes straight ahead. 
just, you know, do what you can. Yeah. I, I, I would act like you're, you're better than a lot of people just fucking, it's probably not. I mean, five people at the time were famous for this. So relax. If you're not getting booked on a showcase on a Wednesday night at a bar in Philly. Yeah. (laughs) I, I I really think my bottom line is uh, I, I truly despise stupidity. Like there are, and this happens in comedy. There's, I, I don't need to name names, but you will be well aware. There is somebody in the scene who uh, I feel bad to a certain degree, like their brain does not work right, but this is somebody who has been kicked out and banned from everywhere. And yeah. uh, he is too stupid. I, I had very big beef with this guy. I decided not to do anything about it. Cause I found out he lives like close to me and where my wife live. It's like, uh, th- th- this guy is too close to really invite that kind of thing. And yeah. he has walked up to me at open mic since then and just like tried to talk to me. Yeah. And he's like, Oh no, dude, I want to pluck your fucking eyeballs out. Like, yeah, don't fucking look at me. And, right. and I see this with a lot of the political stuff, dude. I saw a meme the other day. There's a few like really right wing psychopaths. I follow online. Not that there's not left wing psychopaths, uh, a meme on how fucking cool Putin is. Like a meme on how cool Putin is. <laughs> yeah, like a meme of him standing. He he's wet in a suit at a military funeral, and pretty much the meme says like he refused an umbrella, saying, "What is my temporary discomfort to this man's ultimate sacrifice? This is the kind of president we need." Like this guy poisons his fucking political enemies. Like, are you you're fucking? You know what? It's not the popular term right now. I'll say it. This. Does not reflect Casey Kaufdick in any way. These people are fucking retarded, and I'm sorry that that word fits so well. It's a, and I literally mean it in that sense. Their comprehension is so low; they are almost not responsible for their thoughts, and that's kind of why they are the only people I will put in their fucking place when I have to. Because like you're such a you're such a proud American that you support one of our biggest fucking enemies. Do you not realize your brain just slipped out of your anus, you fucking moron? Well, that's, this is what goes back to me despising people just trying to approach politics on social media platforms. It's like, this is meant for, you know, you to share your your life. And uh, mm-hmm. the politics is not your life. You can choose it to be, but it's not your life. Politics want nothing to do with you. Politics are driven by fucking money. And driven right. by machines and things much bigger than we are as people. Right. Uh, so quit acting like anyone actually serves you in that realm because they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, they make money off of you dying. So That's I, right. it's so like I just get so frustrated when people get gung ho again on either side about political figures and political stances and all this bullshit. I'm like, ah, dude, like none of this is no one's no one gives a shit about us so stop giving right. a shit about them and stop fighting with each other over people that don't care that you exist other than for votes so yes. i yeah that's kind these of are, these are a lot of people who frankly live sad lives of quiet desperation they have nothing else going for them and it's the time honored adage that if you have nothing having an enemy feels pretty nice yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, sometimes there's nothing better than a good heel, you know. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta face it up to find find yourself a good heel, and without realizing that you yourself are the heel. So, oh yeah, okay. 
Sorry, what are we talking about here? Game of Thrones. Uh, I think uh, we're on Dune, maybe Midwestern uh, pro wrestling. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, Duncan Idaho went for the pile driver, which was banned in these parts. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll try to storm through these. Li- I only have like two pages left of notes. Baron yeah. Harkonnen is in a grounded space frigate on, I always like that word, frigate. You don't really get to yes. use it. It, sound, it sounds like a curse word Yosemite Sam says. Mm-hmm. Uh, a captain tells him Jessica and Paul escaped, but surely died in the sandstorm. The Baron pretends to be furious to intimidate the guards, stating they cannot be certain they're dead without seeing the bodies. Again, they are making the point, like, you need to see the bodies. So Duncan Hyde-O is still alive. He's, he's, he's going to have a big comeback. He's going he's gonna to enter 30 at the Royal Rumble. Um, <laughs> Nafuda also reports that Kynes has been helping House Atreides. Baron is irritated at the Imperial Planetologist's betrayal and orders him killed. Nafud is aghast, stating they can't murder an Imperial servant for fear of repercussions. Baron orders Nafud to make it look like an accidental death. Um, yeah, Guy says that uh, Kynes is in custody. Finally, Nafud reports that the Mentat Hawat has been captured and that the Atreides Mentat still believes Jessica was the traitor because he is jealous and lo- he, is, he has feelings for Duke Leto. He is not ready to confront in himself. Right. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's he needs Daddy Leto back in his life, and he lost Daddy Leto because of Lady Jessica, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know what to do with himself. So he's probably going to side with the Harkonnens because mm-hmm. the Harkonnens are going to play those little heartstrings, and it's going to lead him right into a trap, <laughs> a little poison trap. I kind of thought it was sinister. The uh, they were like, give him poison, and then give him the antidote and feed them in a, a, a diet of antidote. Like that's such a crazy way to manipulate someone or control mm-hmm. somebody. It's like, I've poisoned you and I have the antidote. And unless you want to die, uh, you got to do what I say so I can keep giving you the antidote. That's fucked up. They're going to do it both ways. They're going to do it with this complicated poison antidote scenario while also like kind of gaslighting him. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. I think you two were so close before that bitch came around. Yes. <laughs> um, after- be like, you, do you know when he died it, the last thing he said was tell Hawat I love him they're going to do that shit mm-hmm. to him they're going to really really fucking fuck with his head mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't tell you he planned a trip for Vegas just the two of you before he died <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, after dismissing Nafud, uh, Baron Harkonnen sits back very satisfied with the situation he is in he thinks that his favored nephew favored nephew there's so many weird names in this that you end up saying fucking weird pronunciations. Fade Rautha has the potential to uh, rule. Baron calls for one of his nephews, Beast Rabin, known for his cruelty. Here's the thing. I've actually looked it up. I'm not sure if he's supposed to be gigantic in the books. He's just supposed to be like a cruel person. But uh, obviously you cast Batista. Yeah, it sounds like he was meant. It sounds like he's kind of described as like and with like fat. You know, they I think they use yeah. that word in the description about him. Yeah, and then I was like, wait, isn't this the dude who's supposed to be played by Batista in the book? So maybe in the book they wanted him or the movie they wanted him to be more menacing looking, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, <laughs> Beast Rabin was a monster among men. He had a tiny sun tattoo around his belly. Button. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in my head as Beast Rabbit walked in, it was just here like Beast Rabbits. I walk for miles inside a pit in a wreckage. 
so yeah, I was uh, I was I was fucking fired up to see my boy Dave Batista show up in Dune, uh, the novel, which was only in my head. I just kept visiting him, um, no matter how he was described as a character in the book. Uh, he seems like he's like uh, I like the the dynamic here, him and his uh, uncle, because mm-hmm. it seems like uncle's like oh just this guy's dumb as shit i can easily fucking manipulate yes. him but he's pushing back a little bit so i think that's kind of he's setting there, up he's something got a little he's got a little gumption to him yeah, yeah. I like that. so yeah uh the beast is going to be assigned control of arrakis uh but pretty much he's just putting him up there to be like a temporary guy for fade ratha we haven't met fade ratha yet i don't think but people are talking him up like this guy's the best and it sounds like he's According to his own uncle, a hot little boy. Uh, there's like the the last line of the chapter. He's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, and that body, that lovely body, or something." I don't know. It might not oh, be. Your guys. Like, it's. <laughs> I, it, let me it's grab. Kind of- I was like reading. I'm like, "What the fuck is happening here?" This planet uh, will be ruled by Fade Rautha, the ultimate twink to the ultimate supple boy. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, the boy will be known by that time how to oppress with immunity. I'm sure he's the one we need. He'll learn. And such a lovely body. Really a lovely boy. Yeah, yeah we're going to have some little, we're going to have some incest action here coming yeah. up. Baronin's a, a, a touchy uncle. Uh, touchy, touchy uncle. Yeah. So, yeah, they talk, uh, Rabin notes that the Sardaukar think the Freemen are a threat. Because, yeah, they're very much like, oh, shit, these guys can fight. We need to go back and exterminate them. Uh, Baron tells Rabin the people of Arrakis must be forced to agree with the false story. He's still trying to cover up that, like, uh, this is a battle between houses. The Emperor had nothing to do with this. And also the Duke Leto died in an accident. But, you know, that's not going to happen, obviously. No, no. Uh, Yeah, sorry, I'm just caught up on pervy little uncles now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, all right. Our final chapter here. The epigraph this time. I don't think they really explained this. Uh, by the time Wadib was 15 years old, quote, he had already learned silence. It's, uh, teenagers are loud and he learned to shut the fuck up early. I, I yeah, I don't like uh, learn silence. I think it's. I don't I didn't know what that was saying. It kind of seemed like a thing kind of like uh, alluding to like his mom's powers of like just hey just uh be quiet and no one can manipulate you or something like that I'm, but i'm right. not sure yeah we see a little bit more of that in a little bit where jessica really has a moment where uh, she does all the talking and paul learns to just stop and observe but i think that's in uh, the chapters after this so risking jessica's life alongside his own he drives the ship into a vortex as his mother screams the risk pays off as the ornithopter spits them out of the storm uh, no enemy ships are seen in pursuit. Paul gets the damaged ship down, and a sandworm bigger than a guild spaceship quickly appears and devours the ornithopter. They're awed by its size, but Paul is satisfied that there's now no trace of their vessel for enemy trips to spy. So, yeah, basically, worm just shows up, eats the evidence. Thanks, worm. Worm gives a thumb up in the way a worm does, and then just keeps on a rocking through the wasteland. Yeah, dude. And they, this is like kind of the first time they talk about how big they are, too, right? Yes, this is where they really get into, like, this thing just swallowed our entire ship with no problem whatsoever. Yeah, he was he was comparing it to, like, other, like, space freighters and shit like that. Yeah, that's, uh, it'd be so horrifying 
you know, like, like if you've ever like been to like the zoo and you see a giraffe or like a hippopotamus or a rhino, like a big fucking creature. And you're like, that's insane. Like feel safe. Cause it's in a, you know, a animal prison. But, uh, could you imagine if we actually had something like on our planet that was the size of one of these fucking worms? Oh yeah. Just like a massive Catholian gigantic beast. Yeah, it could just like swallow fucking city blocks at a time. That'd be nuts. I kind of wish we had something. I don't know. Like, you ever think how terrifying? Just had something to go in, going out there and just cleaning house all the time. You know, I think I'd like people more. You ever think how terrifying it must be for an ant to to view a human, which isn't even oh. the biggest of all possible animals? Just like, yeah, I think about that all the time. <laughs> like, can you even see? Could you imagine if you just looked out your window right now and just a dude's face was just peering up on the horizon? horrifying yeah like i think about it in terms of like yeah like i could smash it i can squash a bug but like if i were in the wild and like again like a rhino a fucking lion like Mm -hmm. there's shit out there that could just be done with me in two seconds too so it's Mm -hmm. it's sobering to think about yeah try not i i I have a theory that uh you have to live as every animal when you die before you can become human again, you have to live as every animal you ever killed or ate. So, you gotta be. Oh, dude, I'm gonna, start, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start hunting fucking animals. Then that'd be crazy. Because <laughs> right now, I'd only come back as like bugs and maybe a snake, you know. But I, mm. I gotta get some better. If that, if that's the thing, I need to. Oh, I did go fishing once. I caught a shark. So there you go. So, I'll so come you back as a shark. Get to come back as a shark. And, you that's know, pretty freaking- cool chomp down on like some some hot teens in a lagoon somewhere yeah get some ankles you know get a whole movie plot based on me that'd be sick hell yeah paul and jessica know that they must travel by night and rest in the heat of the day jessica realizes that she fears her son's new strangeness and what he may see in the future uh so they have a thing called a thumper they're trying to basically it's like it's like a bomb thing it's going to make weird noises they set this up they need to get across the open desert, but if they just walk, then the worms are going to hear them and they're going to sense them. So they set off this percussive thing. And then basically while that's going off, run the other direction, but they also run in a weird, like non-rhythmic, like, so like the, the worms understand that like, this is the tempo of a human walking. So if they hear this, they're going to come and they're going to do nom, 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 nom. So they're trying to do a, like if they just fucking like dance if they moonwalked across the fucking desert floor i was frustrated reading this part <laughs> i hated it it's kind of cool i don't need all this detail yeah that was i was just like i it seems like this is so much work to describe that they just had to walk in a conspicuous way to not be noticed you know i was like i don't think i really you don't need all these lines of detail about the timing and pacing and shifting of a step i don't know like again like you said earlier put that detail in the fights you know put that in the action i don't yeah exactly like <laughs> yeah I, I was like starting to like like zone out at this point i was like oh god this shit sucks and then this character died and then they drank his water and they <laughs> walked in a non-rhythmic pattern it was in nine eighth time actually I, I i will be fair the section coming up we're gonna get a pretty in detail fight scene that's uh kind of cool. oh do we sweet yes we oh do. yeah it's gonna be cool get to see them chris knives come out finally oh um, thank god dude so during their descent from the cliffs jessica is totally buried in a landslide of sand 
Uh, Paul's just convinced he's she's dead, but he has to use his fear, you know, calm down, and then use his brains to calmly get his mother out. When he finds her, she's like unconscious, but it turns out like, no, she knew I need to chill out so he can find me. Fear mm-hmm. is the mind killer. Don't panic. He finds her, but the entire pack is lost under the sand. Uh, instead of just being sad, they we get a very detailed, and we learn every detail of it, they use a little bit of water and some spice and like a compass magnet to make some foam so they can get the space MacGyver. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just, I was like, I kind of understand what they're doing, but I also don't, I had a hard time grasping this whole section of the book. I was like, yeah. It was a little too detailed. I'm like, so what do they do? Like they use like, they made like a foam slide to get down in the sand to, to get the pack. Pretty much they used something that was going to, uh, it was going to make a lot of foam and kind of dissolve the sand a little bit so that they could go in and like get the pack with all their supplies in it more or less. Yeah. And there was like just enough, but they had to sacrifice their water. So, which is obviously a thing. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They'll shit again. They'll be all right. Yeah. They'll uh, be fine. They'll be fine. I was, I, so also... I was so scared when you died. I made a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> what about, though, the fact that the mom's pregnant? I feel like how far along is she? Like, I feel like if you're pregnant, the weight of a million tons of sand around your body is not good for the pregnancy. I think this is still the very early part of pregnancy where, uh, like they're honestly is until they start really showing in the stomach, they're kind of invincible because like there's not enough baby. Yeah, you tell that to, to Texas. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Lady Jessica is abusing that fetus, rubbing up against all that sand. Paul, Paul, Paul just got the Paul just went full Texan. He's like, I gotta save this unborn baby. Yeah, <laughs> he's got got down in there with the will of God, and the strength of a. AK-47, and he just pulled his mom out of that dirt. Yeehaw! You're fine, baby sis. <laughs> uh, Paul and Jessica hear a hissing sound. It grows in volume until they see a huge sandworm pass them in the nearby dunes. The creature has an uncaring majesty and twists through the sand to create a huge, burrowing, driving mound. When it has moved beyond sight and hearing, Jessica tells Paul they should practice his lessons, as he panicked earlier in the day and would benefit from learning about the body's musculature. The young Duke suppresses his flare of anger at her suggestion and works on his training as she suggests. It's a little annoying. Like, I just saved your life. Don't give me homework. I'm still 15. Yeah, right. I have. <laughs> at what point can a guy just chill out and fantasize to a princess hand job? Okay. Dude, that's all the kid wants. And now he's stuck in the desert with his mom. He's got to keep saving her ass, but also getting scolded for her. Like, hey, you're still stupid. You, you know, yeah, I feel, I feel for Paul, man. Yeah. By the way, uh, it was lost in translation, but uh, in early Japanese versions of Super Mario, the motivation was also a princess handjob. Yes. Oh, really? Yes, Princess Peach was hiding in uh, the castle, just greasing her palms, waiting waiting for uh, an Italian plumber. See? Phallus. Uh, uh, you think they're going to write that into the new movie? They should. Yes, yes. Chris Pratt has to be there. And then he blows his load, and then we hear fuck. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't uh, remember. You get it. It's the music that makes when he dies. That's it. You know, kind of. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's all our notes. Yeah. Are you glad you're reading Dune? 
Yeah, I think so. It's mostly been good. And I'm like close enough now to the end where, you know, the, the main goal of this was to get to be a little snob when the movie comes out. You know, Hell yeah. I've never do that. Um, so this is my first go around with being able to be like, well, that's not how it happened. And I can mm-hmm. sound like the uh, fucking what's the the planetologist i can get my kid on get <laughs> full kinds and be like well actually and uh really really stick it to hollywood they're gonna really really gonna take a beating from me on instagram if this doesn't go the way i want it to oh yeah you need to get back on twitter let people know just what the mistakes i know are. <laughs> it doesn't yeah i'm coming after you on instagram people are like who does that on instagram you're supposed to just be stupid and hot and shut up you know so Dude, I, I have tried to get into marketing myself on uh, Twitter and God, that is just, that is the place where all good in the world goes to die. It's just- yeah. So here was my thing. And here's why I went off of Twitter and not Facebook. And it goes back to what I said earlier about what I despise. And I think this is a better way of how I said earlier. I despise people who just want to be right all the time. It really bothers me when people like just can't acknowledge when they might've had something wrong or they just dig their heels deep in a dumb thing. On Facebook, there's plenty of that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just like genuine stupidity, which I can actually tolerate a little bit. Right. On Twitter, it's everyone who thinks they're actually really fucking smart. And like Twitter was more of like righteous. It, like like Facebook is just like, oh, you just, you're just stupid. And you just don't know what you're doing. But yeah. like but Facebook Twitter, is where, like Facebook people, is where the people, like, actually do research and actually put in work on Twitter and still look fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you, how are you wrong in 240 characters or less? How'd you do that? That's pretty <laughs> impressive. And then you package it in tweet threads. This is not the format. Yeah. This is not the social media platform for essays. You don't, if yeah. you have to break it up into little bits and pieces, you're on the wrong platform. So like that, I got tired of Twitter for that fucking bullshit. Yeah. You did research to be extra wrong. Yeah. It blows me away. It was more of that on Twitter than Facebook. So that was, I had to get off of that shit. That's why I, I still go on 4chan where people are just like gleefully lying to people. Like I saw, I saw somebody post a photo of like a rotted hand the other day and they swore like, this is my sister-in-law's arm after getting the COVID vaccine. And then just a bunch of fucking dopes discussing it. Like there is no citing here. There is no citations. You're all fucking. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, we need oh. a we need a we need a worm to eat the internet. Agreed. That, that that would be the best course. All right, that's a good place to leave it. Casey, remind us again where we can find you on Instagram and nowhere else. Instagram and nowhere else, just Casey Kuftik, C A S E Y K U F T I C. You know, that's that's it. You can find me on there. That's where I post all my shows. I really just do stand up. I don't do a lot of anything else. So I'll just post when I'm going to be in Philly or outside of Philly. There you go. Yeah, go see him. He's a very funny guy. And uh, yeah, thanks for doing this, bud. I'm going to end this the way I end every episode. Me and you, were going to keep talking. Everybody else, fuck off. Go argue on the internet, you dorks. Losers. Nerds. But please keep listening. Dorks. Bye.